Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. It's good to see you guys here this morning. I know at about 10.28, there was five of us here, and we thought, okay, well, the heat really did affect everyone, but you guys showed up, and we're glad that you're here. This morning, we are going to continue our series, Surprise the World. We have taken a book by... Michael Frost that is entitled Surprise the World, and what we are doing is developing habits, habits that will help us to extend ourselves towards other people. They're called missional habits. The idea of mission is being sent out, and the whole point is to develop things that become part of our life so that what starts to take place is what was originally intended to take place by Christ. Many of you know, and it's one of the things that we try to talk about a lot, is that church was never meant to be a place where you go to and then it ends there. We've often said that you don't go to church, you are the church. And so you take church with you wherever you go. And so how can we regain that attitude that we are not here for ourselves, we're here for the world around us. We are here to show love and show support and help to people, whether it's in Haiti or people in Upland. And so we want to develop some habits that help us to remember this and then put into practice. And so the first week we said, bless three people this week, at least one of whom does not a member of your church. Now remember, this isn't something we did just once. This is supposed to be something we continue doing. So next week when the series ends, the habits don't end, right? Otherwise it's not a habit. I know some habits we'd like to end, like eating too much, right? But this is one of those habits we don't want to end. So I'd like to hear some thoughts this past week. Did any of you experience something neat that happened with blessing? That you blessed three people and some situation that stood out to you guys? I'd love to hear about it. I'd love for you guys to share about it. Don't all speak at once. Don't all jump up. Mary, don't make me call on you. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Gail, I'll call on you because she already told me. You can, you can speak up. You've got a, a booming voice. <laughs> so great, yeah, great story of how a blessing kind of came up, right? Yes. That's great. Someone else had their hand up over here? Yes. 
That's wonderful. You see how this is having like a reverberating effect within people, right? I mean, it's great hearing how people have blessed and great hearing how you've been blessed. And thank you all for sharing these things. Remember, the early followers of Christ were known because of how they blessed people. That Rome actually took notice and said, we've got to do something. These people are taking responsibility for people who they shouldn't take responsibility for, and now people are following after them because of that care and concern. And it's something that happens when we see care, it touches us. I don't care who you are. If you know someone is genuinely concerned about you and helps you because of that, that's a friend. That's someone you want to spend time with. That's a relationship that is worth an investment. And so blessing, you cannot shortchange what a little can do. That was for you, Maria, shortchange. Um, you, you, you can't limit how far that's going to go, right? The second one was eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of your church. Anyone have any great meals with people this week? Enjoy those things? Great. <laughs> I, had, I had 25 meals today. I actually failed on this one this week. I did not eat with someone who was not a part of our church. I ate plenty, um, but I did not make it to, with someone who was not a part of our church. Just not going to hang out with you guys as much. Sorry about that. But it was still something that is an important thing. I actually had some time with almost my whole family, and that was a wonderful time to sit together and eat. Um, anything special happen over a meal with some people? Anything great happen? Any great stories? Any food fights? Something? Okay, John. Hmm. Neat. It's neat. Something happens when you're around food and it develops that close interaction with each other. Last week, we talked about spending at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. How did you guys do this last week? Judy, Judy did good. What about the rest of you, huh? Well, mm-hmm. okay. Well, yeah, it's making time to hear from the Spirit. Did anyone have a time where maybe they really felt the Spirit of God direct up Sandra? That's great. It's interesting how something will come to mind maybe that you weren't you know, thinking about intentionally at that time, and then all of a sudden it pops into your mind, and it is something that you're moved. Did anyone have a hard time with this one? Ben, I don't understand, Colleen. Yeah, remember, we can't help but thinking, and this isn't a type of meditation where we're trying to empty our mind of all thoughts. We're letting our mind go to those thoughts, but we're not fixating on anyone. We're like, okay, yeah, think about that, and then keep listening or keep reciting that scripture, something like that. I thought this one would be easy. I told you guys, you know, Monday's a great day to start it off, and I think I woke up Monday morning to a fire or something. I don't remember. You know, it's just like we got up and something was going and it was like it was going ever since then. And then it wasn't until like Thursday where I said, okay, I got to do this, right? And and so finally Thursday I was able to take some time. But sometimes it's difficult making time where, okay, I'm just going to be still. I'm going to allow myself time to listen 
and not just talk and ask God to do things and ask for prayer. And so these are all things that we need to develop where today we're going to be talking about I will spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. That expression, learning Christ, was one that was very familiar to the early Christians. It was a common phrase or idea, even though it's not so much so today. You know, at at that time, the early part of the Christian movement, there was a lot of conversation that involved denying the pagan gods and entering into a, a place of setting yourself apart for God and Christ, committing yourself in an intensive study and learning about who Jesus is. Remember this, that people are hearing about Jesus through these followers and they see them doing kind things that is moving their hearts. And so they want to know, what is this about? Who is this Jesus and and what is he about? And so any information that would come to them about Christ was something that they would be welcoming because this is something I see and I like and I want to know more about it. It's like a a good jello dessert and you want the recipe, right? It's getting something and saying, oh, this is good. How did you make it? This is amazing. I'd like to know more about it. And so the idea of learning Christ was common. Why would we need to learn Christ as part of this, quote, missional habit. What is so important about learning Christ to actually extend ourselves to other people? And there's two reasons that Mike talks about in the book, and one is a devotional value of growing closer to Jesus, developing intimacy with God, hearing the promptings of the Spirit, in Matthew eleven twenty eight verse 30, it says, in the same way, wait, it happened here. Did I miss something? Oh, I did miss something. Sorry about that. No, I didn't. I, I passed it. I did this wrong. Okay. Don't look. You're getting ahead of me. All right. Here's a scripture. I thought I had it written down, but I don't. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight verse 30. It says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is something that happens when we devote ourselves to learning Christ and learning from him that there is a burden lifted off of us. The burden of guilt, right? The, the burden of the shame maybe of things that we've done, things that we fail to do. There are a lot of things that start to carry, we carry, and Jesus is here to lift those things from us. And so learning Christ helps in our devotional life, but we also need to know him if we're going to share him as the reason for the hope that we have which is bringing us to this quote by C.S. Lewis. In the same way the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermon, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. 
God became man for no other purpose. It says in the Bible that the whole universe was made for Christ and that everything is to be gathered together in him. The word little Christ should not cause alarm. It basically means Christian, an imitator of Christ. And so we are imitating Christ because we are trying to draw people in to what God has revealed through Christ. And that's what it means to be, quote, Christian. It is to be little Christ, right? I love Erwin McManus's quote where he said, the unbelievers saw what the people did and called them Christians. Today, we call ourselves Christians and unbelieving world calls us hypocrites, right? It's the works gave the name, not the other way around. And so we are imitating Christ so that we can draw people into the awareness. That's the whole purpose. That's what church is. It's people imitating Christ so that people can see God more clearly. And we need to go no further than just learning what Jesus said and what he wants, right? I mean, this is what it's about. We've all heard the idea of, What would Jesus do? That kind of thought. But it really doesn't press in far enough. What we need to say is, what would Jesus want me or us? Man, I messed all these. Okay. What would Jesus want me or us to do here and now? That's the question that we want to ask. What would Jesus want us to do and how would he want us to live? Right? We want to move past just our kind of greatest hits of Jesus. You know, Jesus was born, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus did these miracles, fed thousands, and Jesus had some parables about mustard seeds. And we have these basic concepts down about Jesus, but it is like the greatest hits. But just like a person who is a real fan of a band they know all the songs. They know the you know flip side of the 45. You guys remember when they had the little 45? It's like, what's the song that they used to have on this, right? And it's like, who you know, anyone a Cheap Trick fan? Anyone like the band Cheap Trick? Everything will work out if you let it. Anyone know that song? It's one of the best songs, and it's not that popular song, right? George Martin produced it. You guys with me? Anyone? Anyway, anyway. <laughs> It's something that once you know these things, it means something to you because, oh, I'm a follower, I love this, and so I know about it. Well, the same thing is true with Christ. We need to move past those greatest hits. In John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You see, all of the studying did not enlighten them. They were missing the heart of what God was doing. When I read a passage in Scripture, if I read something in Leviticus that says if a husband or if a a man and a woman are caught in the act of adultery, they are to be put to death. You read something like that and you go, whoa, that's kind of heavy. And then you see Jesus 
with the woman caught in adultery. Of course, the man is fortunately missing. And he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. He asks the woman, where are your accusers? She says, there's none. Doesn't anyone condemn you? No, neither do I condemn you. Go leave your life of sin. You see, I learn who God is through Christ, and Christ reveals the truth of Scripture so that now I know how I am supposed to respond and treat people who are in these situations. Wasn't there a contradiction? Well, Jesus is the fulfillment of what we're supposed to be seeing. And we can go a long way into that, but we have to see that this is something that is taking place in Christ. And it's something that is more than missional. It's what we're calling incarnational, right? The word mission is from the Latin missio. It means to be sent. And many understand that we're supposed to go out to others and not expect people to come to us and hear, you know, what we're saying. But the term incarnation refers to really another dimension of mission, it describes not going, not simply going out. It's also describing the difficult work of going deep. It's as if a person who is an addict is there and you tell that addict who's struggling with drug addiction, hey, you need to go into rehab. You need to get what you need to get yourself clean. Right, you're, you're helping them out. But incarnation is here, get in the car, let's go to this facility. I will help you get this. It's really being a, a surrogate of sorts for those people and helping them through the process. That's what incarnation is. And so it's not enough for us to just go and tell people what they need to do. It's important that we are with people as they are doing life. And that includes the difficult things of life. And that's where we're supposed to show up, right? It's easy to be with people who have nothing going wrong in their lives. I don't know any, but it would be easy if that was the case, right? But it's when you get to know people and you find out the difficulties in their life and you walk with them through those difficulties that we start emulating Christ. That we start becoming more and more like Christ. And unless we are immersed with an understanding of Jesus, how will we know how do we respond to these situations? How do I respond to that person who's asking for money? How do I respond to that off-color joke at work? How do I respond to that political argument that's taking place on Facebook? You don't. Um, <laughs> how do you respond to these things? If you don't know Christ then you don't have clarity many times on how we are to respond. Okay, here's our time where we're going to break up into groups. I'd like you guys to, to go to the tables, those of you who are not at tables already. Again, mix up the groups. Try and get with some people you haven't met with. We've got a, a few questions we're going to talk with each other about. Okay. First question I want you guys to talk to each other about is what is a characteristic of Jesus that you admire? And I want you to explain yourself. If it's that he's loving, 
tell how he was loving, right? So what's a characteristic of Jesus? And if you're not really familiar with Jesus, what have you heard and why is that something that is of interest or you find attractive? Okay, so share for a few minutes with each other. Remember, I want everyone to kind of share, but I know if there's someone who just doesn't like to talk, they don't need to. But if there's someone who only likes to talk, you need to settle down, okay? (laughs) So talk among yourselves. What is a characteristic of Christ that you admire and explain what that is and why you admire it? So let me hear some of the things that came out from your tables. Let's start over here. What did you guys, any characteristics that stood out? Okay, that Jesus was a misfit, that he went to those who people avoided. Good one. What about this table? Okay, he cared for who they really were. It wasn't a name. Very good. Okay, this table here. And why did that stand out as patience? Why is that something that you admire, saw as attractive? Because you're not. (laughs) You're you're honest. This table. Okay. Loving children. Okay. Accessibility. This table here. Auntie. Okay. Yeah. Sacrificial love. Right, giving himself fully to us at the expense of his own life. Very powerful. This table over here. Again, forgiveness and valuing people. This table here. Hmm. Okay. So all these characteristics that we've mentioned that we admire about Christ, they're probably something that others would admire too. Right? People want to be seen for who they are genuinely and loved for who they really are, not have to meet some condition, right? We need forgiveness, right? Especially if we're married, right? We need those kinds of things. We need to be able to have that kind of openness and have the accessibility back into that relationship. These are all things that if we emulate these things, these characteristics in Christ, it is going to be something that is attractive. We found it attractive. People like us will find it attractive. How did you learn about Jesus and that characteristic you admire? Talk just for a little bit with each other. If you say the Bible, give either the story or if you know the passage or something about that that gave you that. Don't say, well, the Bible said he loves me, right? I know it says that, but show me, give, give me a little bit more than that, okay? Work a little bit for it. Work with me, people. How did you learn about Jesus and that characteristic you admire? Okay. We're going to do the same thing. I'm going to go around the tables and kind of see what you guys, what stories came or what passages or maybe you even saw it in a person and seeing that exemplified in a person stood out to you well i saw this characteristic in a friend of mine what it ever could be what did you guys what were the things that came up with the misfits and some of the things that you saw guess it's gonna make me cry 
that's touching. Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. I remember that time. It was, and it's been my pleasure to be a part of your lives ever since. I can't tell you. This table. Hmm. Very cool. Move on to this table. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, this table here. <laughs> okay, this table. This table. Powerful. And this table. Great. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to know chapter and verse, but you just quoted plenty. Yeah. Great. Gosh. I love the diversity here. I, I love that we are learning Christ from Scripture, from people, right? We are seeing these things and we are learning about him in life. And that's an important thing to understand about. I want to give a few practical ways to help us. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I really don't know about Jesus. Some practical things. One is study the Gospels, okay? There are four Gospels. Read them. Reread them. Keep reading them, okay? That way they stay a part of your life. Now, there's different things that you can do. There's a lot of different sources. There's the version Bible app that I recommend where you can go through different passages. And you, if you have a reading program already that you're on with the Bible or you're going to church and you're getting information as, you know, we hopefully are, don't stop those, right? Don't stop getting all the other things that you're getting from Scripture and from church and different places, but add reading the gospel regularly, reading the gospels regularly. That way it's kind of marinating your mind in the person of Jesus. And then when you hear someone quote something, a passage, or they quote the Bible and say, well, this is what, you know, God said this, or the Bible said this, and then something puts a shiver down your spine, and you just read something about Jesus that seems like, you know, but Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for a man, not man for the Sabbath, and now that strikes against what I'm hearing. It sounds to me like you're making this law that something that we have to adhere to more than it's going to be something that benefits us. It could be anything like that, but all of a sudden your understanding of Jesus will start to interpret all the rest of your understanding. Make sense? And so study the scriptures, the gospels, read and reread them. You can read them in sections. You know, you can read through the entire gospel of Mark probably in 90 minutes, depending on how good of a reader you are. You can listen to those things. Even the version has the ability to listen on audio so you can be driving and listening. Okay, for those of us who are dyslexic and have a hard time reading. The Gospel of John might take about two and a half hours to read through. 
but it's something that can be done. And going through the entire gospel, something happens when you do that. You get kind of a cadence, and pretty soon you get caught up into all that's happening because that's how it was originally meant to be read. But you don't have to. But read the gospels over and over again. And then read about Jesus. There's so many good books. Read Jesus. That's one we might actually be going through next. It's by Michael Frost and Alan Hirsch, The Challenge of Jesus, N.T. Wright, Jesus According to Scripture, Daryl Bach. There's a whole lot others that he mentioned here. I didn't read all of them, but here's some that I'm familiar with. So read about Jesus, not just, you know, biographies even, just things that people have written that you can learn a little bit more through them, even as we've seen Christ in other people. So read about Jesus in different ways and then watch movies or films regarding Jesus. And this does not mean the History Channel, okay? This isn't one of those, well, we found that Jesus was in a cave. You know, none of these things. Different things. It could be Godspell, right? It could be this other one I hadn't heard of before, um, The Jesus of Montreal. It's not a film about Jesus, but I guess it's supposed to be very good. And I have seen a little bit of The Miracle Maker, which is like an animation that's really intriguing. So watch things that are about Jesus. All these things are ways that we can find out more about who Jesus is. Of course, hopefully we're finding this out too as we are involved with church and these kinds of things. Okay, as we're closing here, I want to ask two more questions. The first one is going to be, think about a subject that you're knowledgeable in. Okay? Think of a subject, where are you, that you're knowledgeable in. And talk about that subject for 30 seconds. So, for example, I do dog training. I could tell you about dog training. I could tell you that dogs are pack animals. Dogs also have a prey drive, that dogs have an extreme need for leadership, that without leadership, dogs display anxiety and problem behaviors, which gives me a job, right? I'm a dog trainer. People say, you know, start talking about a dog and immediately my ears light up and I just start wandering over to them and I just like, oh, you're talking about dogs? Let me tell you something about dogs, right? It's something I know about it, so I give some information. 30 seconds, that gives each of you at the table, what is something that you are knowledgeable in? It could be baseball cards, it could be comic books, it could be history, it doesn't matter. Go, 30 seconds. Okay, let's stop. So, one of the things I noticed is there was a lot more talking than there were in the past conversations you guys kind of, the room started buzzing, right? I started hearing a lot of voices that I didn't hear before as I was listening. Oh, I didn't hear them speak last time. Oh, they're speaking now. Something happens when you know about something, right? You kind of light up. I mean, I can even see your expression. Some of you are smiling now. It was the first time this morning. And so when you're familiar with something and you're knowledgeable in it, there is a confidence that comes. There is an excitement that comes with these things. And it shows in your conduct. Okay. Next. For the next 30 seconds, share what you know about Jesus with each other. Go. Okay. So, 
When I asked this final question, there was definitely a different level of enthusiasm than the previous. <laughs> and the buzz was definitely not as loud. And we're at church for crying out loud, right? Do you see that there's a difference knowing about something than there is knowing something? When you're intricately involved with whatever it is that you know and are knowledgeable of, it's a part of you. It starts to shape you. You, you kind of, it's like when you eat too much garlic, it just starts to come out of your pores. <laughs> what would happen if our knowledge of Jesus was so acute that we just started to emulate him? that it, we started wandering over to those conversations because, hey, I've got something to add to this. In the spirit and character of Christ, be able to share all those things that we talked about, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his embracing us where we are. What would happen if we began to really no, by experience, because we are learning Christ like we are learning all these other things we know. How would it change the way we talk about it? It would light us up. It would overflow from us like a garlic from our pores. It would start to affect our lives. And everyone around us, just like garlic from our pores. And so this week, we need to make that plan to do all these habits. Bless three people this week, at least one who does not member of our church, your church. Eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of your church. Spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. And then today's, I will spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. The reason we're doing all of these things is because we care about people. And we want to reach people with the hope that God has reached us with. Let's develop habits that will help us do just that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my family here, and I thank you for our time together. I pray, Lord, that our conversation would stay in our minds and echo throughout our hearts the rest of this week, that we would put these practices into play that they would become habits, that blessing people would be on our radar. We would be looking for the opportunity to step into someone's life, that we would be hearing your spirit leading us into people's lives, that we would break bread with those around us, that we would open up this most intimate part of life, nourishing us, so that we can live and we would do that with others. And God, that we would also learn a 
about Christ. Not just the information of who he is, but we would learn Christ himself. All those characteristics that have touched us, all these things that have sparked our curiosity, all the things that we have heard about or seen or read would start to marinate in us and start to show up in us. And I pray, Father, for us as a community that we would know Christ, not because we have Bible and verse, but because we know Jesus. That your characteristics would become our characteristics. Lord, may our lives be changed as we spend time with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. Good news, the team made it to Port-au-Prince about 30 minutes ago. So that's wonderful news. May you learn Christ. And as you learn, may it influence how you live. May you continue to grow in the knowledge that comes from knowing God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Mary, for the decoration on the tables. Amazing job. Thank you guys for being here. Hope to see you next week. We conclude our series, Surprise the World. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.